Hi, and today on The Fittest Fat Kid You Know, I talk about my week. I talk with a champion, a true hero of the common people, about mindset and fitness routine as well as diet, because his diet is probably a little bit different than yours. All that and more today on The Fittest Fat Kid You Know with me, The Fittest Fat Kid You Know. And joining me today is that champion of the common man, Sumo Dan, because I forgot how to pronounce your last name in that short period of time. So Dan, let's start off by letting everybody know, what is that last name? <laughs> My name is Dan Kalbfleisch. It's a See, ger- you, you screwed it up too. <laughs> it's a German name. I don't know. People call me Sumo Dan. I don't know my name. So, so, so Dan, as you know, I'm on this fitness journey, which is not so much a smooth walk down the path, nearly as much as a couple stumble and fall down the hillside, eventually falling off like the coyote. So um, this is the end of week four. I weighed in today at 246 pounds, 0.6, which is up 0.2 from last week, which I don't get. On top of that, my fitness goals for the last week were three walks of three miles each, but concentrated just walking three miles at a go and three workouts. So finally, finally, the walk. I got all three of them about four and a half to five miles each. So very happy about that. Got two actual workouts in, including Saturday with Scott. The one uh, my, I saw, yeah. Yeah, you were there. And um, Dan was there, and we're going to talk about this, but Dan was there working on his, or training his sumo skills for upcoming nas- nationals? Uh, North American Championship. North American Championship, which then lead to the World Championship, correct? Uh, this will be for the World Games. Yeah. Yeah. I never get to say anything like that, but damn. But I was there and spent two and a half hours boxing, lifting weights, and, and mostly crying in my soul because I was in so much pain. Didn't get that third workout Kind of, sort of, little, maybe, but I did some kettlebell stuff, but more to be on video because I'm trying to do the Instagram thing, so I'm vain. And so I guess it's a success. It sounds close to a success, a little frustrated on the weight, but... Well, I don't know what you consider a workout, but what I saw you doing on Saturday, that could have been two workouts. <laughs> I pay him to flatter me. Uh, um, no, I'm, I'm talking more about the sweat that I saw. Oh, that was just the suffering. That, oh. that was my body. That's a whole body crying thing. I, that's what I assume sweat is, is your body just um, relaying its misery to the world while it's trying to cool you off. I'm trying to get back to where I physically was. Physically were? Physically was? I'm trying to grammatically get back to a fifth grade understanding of the English language. You've got what I would call a championship mindset. How did you, how did you develop this kind of degree of focus? <laughs> did I surprise you? Well, uh, I yeah. Sometimes a mindset is uh, is something you don't think about. You know, um, you just do it. If you want to do it, you want to you want to uh, be the best. You, you have that mindset. So I, I I never really thought of my mindset as as. Uh, different is just more of this is something I want to do and something I want to be good at. So I'm going to do it. You know, there's not too many things in my life where I have that kind of mentality. So, I, but, but that, that's the, that's the important point. So in other aspects, cause we're similar, we're, we're basically walking clowns. Um, uh, <laughs> cause we got big feet and red noses. Yeah. Just, just about in, um, like mostly communicating through honks. No, I, what you mean by that is that we we find a lot of things funny. And, yeah, and, we're humorous people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't I don't mean that like we're not constantly putting on skits for people. We're not constantly trying to be joking. Um, and totally unrelated to that, I want to throw this chair through the window because of the amount of squeaking. But I digress. You've like for the most part, you're easygoing. You're funny. You're just this warm, friendly guy, and yet somehow, out of no, not out of nowhere. But there's this part of you that's a switch, and that switch gets turned, and you compete at a championship level against incredibly strong people, and you are a winner. And somehow, you're able to make this switch because 
it's certainly not coming out of the same mindset that makes you everybody's favorite jovial guy. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, I think that comes with uh, just want, wanting it. I mean, just this is something I want, and this is something I'm good at. And and it w- didn't come right away. I still find it, you know, fun. I still try to have fun in the ring and make jokes. But like certain times, mm-hmm. it's like no, no, this is what you know when I'm when I'm training somebody or training myself. And right now we're getting ready for that competition next month. Like it's like this is this is our serious time. So on on Saturday when I was there having my body having a full body cry boxing with Scott, you um were there training with your protege protege would you call him yeah i mean yeah right he he became a student and and this is something actually when you get to the mindset zach zach came along his name is zach zachary johnson dunlop uh he's competed this is back he came from illinois which i came from give his instagram if he has one uh, I, I have no idea what it is zach we tried for <laughs> you i tried for you it's his something fault. weird it's something weird um uh, he doesn't post much but uh no, so, so Zach, he, he came from Illinois and to California where I was. So he's like, all right, let me start training with you. He already knew a little bit about sumo mm-hmm. and we were just training him. And, and, uh, he wasn't the best. Um, but I was still in that, I guess if, if you're going to change mindset, you know, now that you mentioned it, uh, I wasn't in that mindset of training him. I was in that mindset of, uh, just training myself and using his level of talent to to get myself better even though his level wasn't up to my level. And mm-hmm. so when we started training for this tournament in uh starting in July, I basically went and uh studied what I did, what my body did to succeed at sumo and tried to verbalize it cuz Zach's a pretty uh brainy guy. He he uh he does well with with verbalizing and understanding what his body is actually doing. And so once we started doing that, so I, I had that mindset of a coach now. I wanted him to take second. I want I want us to go to the uh, North Americans and take top two. Um, and his light bulbs kept going off, and he he just changed. And I guess his mind, his mind and his body um, started merging together and understanding what needs to be done to uh, do these moves. And so, yeah, my mindset changed as a coach and uh, I think it made him better and it's making me better. So. Well, they do say that if you really want to learn something, teach it to somebody because it does, as you said, it just reinforces the basics and you've got to really think about what you're doing for lack of better way of putting it. Just it's an incredible amount of strength and strangely enough, or at least to virgin eyes not just strength but an incredible amount of balance an incredible amount of a certain type of agility you're not going to be a ballet dancer but the the way you move when you're in your in your sumo there's a degree of um lumbering grace to it it's oh definitely yeah i mean well i appreciate that uh, you see that because when people only see sumo on tv or film it's a punchline. It's like, you know, the guy's wearing a diaper or he's, right. he likes to eat because he's big and fat. and Or like, I'm a small character. I'm going to go against this big guy who likes to bump bellies. Uh, so when people actually see the real, de- real deal, whether it's uh, the pro sumo in Japan or even, you know, international competitors who are, you know, world level, you know, um, they get to see it's like, wow, I didn't know. I didn't know you're that flexible. I didn't know you're that that. Um, because you do, you need to be strong. You need to be flexible. It is a sport. Uh, it's, you know, it's wrestling with a very specific goal is to push your opponent out of the ring or onto the ground. I always tell people sumo is easy. It's easy to win, but it's very easy to lose. So you need to be balanced and part of growing your legs, you know, getting strong legs. And even part of growing your belly is to have that center of gravity down, uh, near the ground, you know? So you're not easy to push over, you know, your weight is here and then your weight is pushing into your opponent, push your opponent up out of the ring or pushing, you know, throwing them onto the ground. So, um, well, thanks. Thanks for recognizing that I'm an athlete, Bruce. Oh, no, no problem. I mean, you gave me $5 to do it. There we go. Um, 
No, it's 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 very obvious to me. Like there are there's a world full of skills that I will never possess. I I did one. You you invited me in one day to yeah. to do practice. This was back. Funny enough, I was more suited to to be part of that practice when I weighed 180 pounds than I would be today at you know 246 because at the time I had much better balance and much better flexibility. And right now I I'm definitely top heavy in a way that I'm not in control of, yeah. which is one of the things when, you know, well, yeah, well, that's the thing with, with, with sumo, especially, I mean, again, you were, you were lighter. And when we were doing the sumo exercises, you need to be, you know, a little more athletic. And then when you gain the weight now, and that's the weird thing about gaining weight, like gaining fat, if you're not gaining muscle, you're just gaining fat. You have no, your every body is different. You have no idea where that fat is going to displace, you know, mm. and like, oh, you know, how women, women, women do this all the time. But even when men do it, they're like, oh, I, my belly starts pouring over. Or when men get the, the breasts that are like, oh, yeah, you know, you just didn't realize like because like somebody's, oh, man, like this thing right here on my chin. If you guys are watching, oh, so that's the last thing. Like if I would lose weight, that's the last thing to go. I saw a photo when I was one years old, and this thing was right here on my chin. But I know a lot of fat guys who are like, you know, like actors who have like this chiseled chin. I mean, they're like their body is fat as heck, mm-hmm. but like their face looks like they're normal. <laughs> like me, I always have this fat face, you know. I gained 78 pounds. There's only a slight amount of rounding versus where like my normal chin, where like where I get it all, I get a little bit in the legs, but only, like, can, can, Comparatively speaking, just a little bit, it's all dead center. Like I like it is a apple shape. It is just like all and it's and mine's always kind of loose. Huh. It's it never gets that like you, some people gain weight and they've got like that firm continence to their fat. Yeah. Not me. I am I am all I am very, very spongy with my fat. Yeah. I mean everybody is different. Yeah. So. It, and I it, mean, you'll see, like, when you see pro sumo wrestlers, there's some guys, obviously, when, when they start out, they start out normal, normal people. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, they're doing the exercises and they're gaining weight purposely to put on, um, you know, put on this, the weight specific places, um, which is hard to do. Specific, like you said, you don't know where you're going to put it on. But again, some of the guys have odd shaped bodies because they put the weight on and. As as long as you put the weight on and you're still doing that exercise to know like you're to know how your body reacts and how your body can you know use that weight against your opponent. I mean that's more key with sumo. Uh, well, let's talk about that a little bit yeah. because I'm kind of curious because okay. like my entire goal, of course, is to eventually not have or have as little love handles as humanly possible more than anything else. Though it would be nice to have nice pectoral muscles. But that's kind of the secondary to not having a hangover of the belt. Yeah. But meanwhile, your entire the entire the entire way you structure your diet, your exercise is a bit different than most people because the goals are completely different. So as a sumo wrestler, as somebody who um, shall we say had to grow into your sport to some degree. Yeah, I did. Yeah. How did how does it, how does that work? I would love to know how that works. Well, it's something I would not recommend for everybody. Cause so you hear that. Don't do this. <laughs> Dan says, don't do this. Unless, unless you have the self-discipline. Okay. So when I started Sumo, I was 275. International competition, um, they have weight classes. They have like th- three or four weight classes now. But I would cut down a middleweight, 253, which is... 115 kilos and, and below. Um, so I would go from 275 down to 253 my first few years of doing sumo. Um, is, is there like a sumo league for people weighing 170 pounds? Well, 187 is the lightweight. So if you're under 187, you're, yeah. Is there a featherweight? No, not now. There's not enough. I don't think there's enough people because the pro sumo in Japan is, is uh, no weight classes. It's just open weight. Everybody fights everybody. So that's, like the size and the strength is key. You want to be, you know, you can't they, be 187 pounds going up in that division. It's it's rare. You got to be very skillful in your in your movements, and you know, 
So it's rare. There have been a couple guys under 200, but that's very rare. Most of the pro sumo wrestlers are around 300, uh, you know, between 250 and 350. So um, some of the top guys. There's only a few guys who are at 400, but that's rare. Um, I forgot what we were talking about, Bruce. You're like you got, the, the, oh. the degree of how, so how your diet, how a sumo, yeah. how sumo Dan's diet yeah, yeah. looks, how it works and how did where did you start? How do you yeah, yeah. do it? I, and what do you do to kind of do, well, the well marbling build that you build for yourself? Because like I said before, you're like a ni- nice cut of prime rib. You've got like the nice fat marbling going, but there's a lot of muscle there. I'm bacon. I'm, I'm starting to get hungry. Of, I'm starting uh, to get hungry, Bruce. Look, I evaluate everybody <laughs> at the gym from the basis of if we're going to be stuck on a desert island, who do you eat first? Oh, just, yeah. I'm definitely number one. Yeah, you're, you're like... They start at my calves and then... As long as there's some salt available, you're a good two months. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that conversation's not weird at all. Oh, yeah. Back to the diet. Back to my... Okay. So I would cut down at first, but then I had an opportunity to train with a world champ from Mongolia, and he was about 350. Um, but I couldn't hold my own because I wasn't heavy enough. So I started gaining the weight. And, and so basically... Uh, well, what, gain- did that, what did that diet look like? That... It was more, um, it was more, uh, a lot of white rice, a lot of meat. And I would wake up, eat regular breakfast, go to the gym, work out real hard, come home and then eat that meal and then sleep. And, and, and so like when you're saying white rice, are uh, you talking like half a bag or are you talking? uh, I would, I mean, cooked is probably at least four cups of white rice, you know, probably four to six cups of white rice plus a you know, I don't know, a few chicken breasts or a couple steaks. When you say now steaks, are we talking lean cuts or fatty cuts? No, fa- well, fatty cuts. I mean, they taste better. So. Oh, yeah, they really do. <laughs> they really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's it, it was just basically meat. You know, um, in, in, in pro sumo in, in Japan, they, they live in uh, what they call stables or, you know, um, basically houses. So they train and then they make them big meals called chonkonabe. It's a sumo stew. Uh, they serve everything over white rice. It's, you know, stewed with different meats and different vegetables. And they just keep pouring it over rice and eating and pouring it over rice. So it's very caloric, but it's healthy for you. So I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, everybody like, oh, you must eat fast food and all that garbage. No, 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 you don't eat that. Uh, just like healthy meats, healthy vegetables and white rice. And then fall asleep right away because that really helps put that nutrients where it wants to go in your body. So. Well, the body does most of its changes during the sleep cycles because that's when the human growth hormone gets released. So it is a lot of food, but it is sumo wrestlers grow in a way that normal fat people don't at all. They get, they're very, it seems to me, and I've not been pushing them out of rings. Uh, they seem very, very solid in, in their mass and they, and the way they build muscle. Cause like you're like build wise, you are, you are quite the meaty boy. And, <laughs> and even when you were losing weight prior to getting back into training again, and you had yeah. gone down to, you'd gone down to like what? 260 before? Like oh, a, no, last no, no. year. I guess, um, so when you, I think when we saw me, um, I don't think you saw me at 385. 385 was my heaviest I ever recorded. Never saw you at 385. And, and I think, uh, I basically, I went down to three, or I went down to. You broke to you broke went, under three hundred. No, 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 I didn't. I three ten for a day, to say I lost seventy five pounds in a year, but then I slowly gained it back. It, but, <laughs> you, I didn't want to necessarily lose the weight because I, I didn't know I was doing sumo anymore, so I wasn't sure of how much weight I wanted to lose. Um, but I just started losing weight um, because uh, my friend taught me how to do it. <laughs> I never knew how to lose weight before, you know. Uh, he taught me about calories and and actually having my body feed off the stored calories. It never has never done that before. So here you are. You weighed well. You weighed about three hundred and eighty five pounds. So well, okay. So so first we first we were talking about me gaining the weight, which I did purposely because yes. I wanted to uh, wanted to uh, put the muscle on, be able to train with the world champion. Uh, Biamba, who, who's since passed passed on, but uh, oh man, <laughs> either friends pass away, you know, it, it hurts. It, it never and it yeah. never stops hurting you, no matter how yeah. long it's 
Yeah. It's but but I got I got my weight up and uh I, I you know trained with him. I've got better at sumo, but I needed that weight on in order to get better at sumo. Um but then I got to 385 and and, th- and that's the problem. That's where the the willpower came in because like here I I can eat anything I want, you know. Um and I did. Uh <laughs> you know just gaining weight. I felt so That's so funny. Just the and I did. Oh, I ate. But 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 there are buffets that remember me in their nightmares. <sighs> the thing is, like, I always felt like a silverback gorilla. You know, I'm like, I felt strong, and the weight never hindered me. Other than tying my shoes, that was the only time I felt that weight. But I felt strong. But I looked in the mirror. I'm like, and the mirror actually, the mirror fooled you because you look at the mirror straight on. Like, I look good. But then you look at a photo and like, oh my god, that's me. So that's what got me. Um, I wasn't doing as much sumo at the time. Uh, this was a few years back. And then I asked uh, Doring, who was an actor, basically he's like, oh, you, you lose weight for these film or, you know, to get ready for, for filming sometimes. Like, how do you do it? He goes, I'm going to take you to the, the store. I'm going to buy you this stuff. We're going to show you how I eat. I'm like, no, no, no. He's like, no, I'm going to do it. And, and this is what I learned in life. If someone wants to help you, honestly, and truly wants to help you, let them help you. So mm-hmm. he basically told me about calories and stuff. And, and this is all stuff I learned, right? You learn this stuff in high school. Uh, so a lot of people do learn this in high school. Yeah. But when you learn it in high school, your body doesn't react the same way. You still have that kid metabolism. So when you're learning this stuff, it's like, oh, my body doesn't react to that. And you think it's BS because your body doesn't react to that. So when it actually, in an adult, you're like, you have to relearn this stuff. So. He, he, we basically counted my calories. He goes, count how many calories you eat in a day. And, uh, he's, it was like 7,000. Um, that's what I counted. And then he's like, okay, well at your weight, your body, your body could take 3,500. So I was eating double the calories my body needed to survive. So he was telling me, he's like, okay, well, if you're just maintaining, right, you're, 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 you're maintaining your, if you want to lose weight, you actually got to cut. 3,500 calories, you know, um, out of your diet. So we cut it in half and, uh, and it took a few weeks for my body to actually take out that, uh, be able to take out. Right. To adapt to, to yeah, yeah. like, okay. Cause at first your body gets confused for the first couple of days, your body's just waiting. Then it starts doing the adaptation. It takes a couple of weeks and then you start humming along. Yeah. Yeah. yeah your body doesn't know how to. Take out that food. Take out the calories from the stored fat. Now, when during yeah. the 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 program during effectively put you on, and my am I saying his name right now, Doring? Because I, yeah. I I really I really want to get that right. I feel like we've we've talked enough that I should at least be able to you pronounce call him his. Jason, I already. I could, but everyone, you call him Doring. We all think of him as Doring, and That's I just fine. thought it was Doran. I didn't hear the ing. Uh, and I'm from Philadelphia. I drop G's all the time. Uh, so. Um, was it a um, was it a low fat kind of thing? Was it a balanced kind of thing? Was it a low carb, relatively speaking, kind of thing? Well, it it it, it was. He was more about low fat, um, and you know, good protein. I, I forgot. It's been a while. He he put me on a certain percentage percentage protein percentage carbs. Was it like a thirty thirty forty? It was probably more of a forty forty twenty. I think 40 protein, 40 carbs, and 20 fat. It, he, he, he's more, he's anti-fat, but, but it's really more about the calories. He, he's like, you're cooking, because I was still cooking, eating healthy things, eating vegetables and eating meat and things as healthy. He's like, okay, well. He just played around with the ratios to yeah. get you solid and also cut out the calories so yeah. that you're, you were in a zone for you to need, need more energy than you were, need more energy than you were expending. Yeah. But part of getting rid of the fat, because he's like, okay, you're cooking stuff in oil, olive oil. Why not just some olive? Uh, why not some olive oil spray? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, you don't need it soaking in that olive oil because that's extra fat. And yeah, olive oil is healthy for you, but you don't need it. So um, it was more about calories, to be honest. Like I just never, I never paid attention to calories. But when I actually wanted to lose weight, at the time. <laughs> Like now it's kind of, I went back up because I'm actually training again, but, uh, and, and you need the mass. I do. I mean, yeah, my mass is good. My weight is good where it is right now. Um, but yeah, 
when I wanted to lose the weight, I didn't know how. So now I do. So when I retire, and you you know how to do it too, because I saw you, I saw you, your big uh, your big jump down. You know. Yeah, and and for me, my my way is completely different. Though it does include being in a calorie deficit, because for me, I do keto, so I'm mostly eating fat. My percentages are about seventy percent fat, twenty five percent protein and 5% or ideally under carbohydrates. Yeah. So, and I'm not trying to avoid things like saturated fats, like olive oil is perfectly fine for me, but my go-to is um, grass-fed butter Okay. for um, the various nutrients that comes into that. But still with that, there's people who do, there people who try to do keto, there's a lot of people who believe that the amount you eat doesn't matter. And it very much does. Yeah. Because you need to have a caloric deficit. Now, for me, I probably walk around needing 2,400 calories for me to maintain. So my target is about 1,900. And if I can hit that, then I should be fine. Yeah, well, that, that was one thing that surprised me. It's like you, your body doesn't need that many calories. You know, even after that, I could, I could survive off of less, you know, less calories, but... Did I really want to? <laughs> At some point, depending on what you're doing, you, ha- oh. you have to you have to live. Yeah, like, yeah. so Liz's birthday is on the 16th. Oh yeah, we're going away. We're going somewhere for the first time in what two years? So dogs are going to doggy daycare for a couple days. We're hopping in the car and heading up to. Um, I'm not exactly sure the area. I know it's near Hearst Castle. So on her birthday, she we're going to a really nice restaurant and we're going to have a birthday dinner. I can't keep keto on that because I don't want to make her birthday weird. Yeah. I don't want to be like, I don't want to be that guy who's going to be like, okay, so what I need is two of this half of this thing and this thing and this thing. And, it, and I can't have any of that. And please don't bring this and don't do that. Which when you're trying to eat out on keto, it gets a little bit like that where you have to be very specific and odd. So for her birthday, I am having whatever looks good on the menu. I'm going to have birthday dessert with her because it's her friggin' birthday. You're, you're going to uh, Instagram this stuff for us, right? So we can see what you eat. I feel like I need to. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like I've been Instagramming all of this working out and tips and all of this stuff that I have to do the other side. I, I can't just be the successes. I, I have to present. No, but, but a cheat meal is, is not a failure. No, a it's cheat, not. A cheat meal is a success in a, in a way. If I'm still eating the same way three days later, that's the failure. Uh, and I'm not going to lie. I'm worried about that. I'm worried about the mental break because I thought when I had lost all of the weight and I was doing really well and I was working out, hell, how many, how many days a week was I there? I was there five, six days a week, yeah. sometimes with Scott, sometimes with Miles, sometimes by myself. I'd work out three, four hours and I'd come back the next day and do it. And I was really becoming athletic for me. And almost obsessed, maybe. Yeah, almost. <laughs> but but you felt good. I thought that I had finally figured it out. And I thought that I will never, ever be f- like really fat again. Then the pandemic. Yeah. We had a bit of a unwanted house guest that created havoc for us. And at some point, all of this built up and on top of my career coming to a dead halt during the pandemic, then the allergies hit and I was covered in hives. And that's where... My weight, because I lost all focus, I lost all ability to to work out, to be comfortable, and I gained the weight. So there were external circumstances that are understandable, but I still broke. Yeah. And so I now carry a little bit of that fear in the back of my mind. What happens? I have this cheat meal. And, and, And back before all that happened, I'd have cheat meals. I'd have cheat weekends and I'd go right back onto what I was doing. And it's a little worse doing cheat meals when you're on keto because there's that biological switch that keto throws. And if you're doing keto for a long period of time, you can weather the storm a little bit. You can have a cheat meal or a cheat day and not take yourself out of ketosis and not have to go through the readaptation period. But I'm four weeks in. So it's it's early on for me. Yeah, I I think you're... It seems like like when you have a specific diet, not just calorie deficit, but when you have a specific diet like you do, it might be harder to, you know, do that cheat because 
you have to readjust everything. But if, if most people are just doing their calorie deficit, um, it's not a problem. It's, it's not necessarily a problem to go back physically to go yeah. right back to it, uh, back to your diet. You can have a cheat day or a cheat meal. And, and, and that's the thing. Like, I, I don't understand how like bodybuilders do it where they like, Oh, I go to the restaurant and I'm, if I'm going out to a restaurant, like me, if I go out to a restaurant, I'm going to get something that I can't cook myself or something that's unique to the restaurant. You know, I, I'm not going to get like a plain chicken breast with rice and vegetable because what's the point of me going out, you know? Yeah. So, so I get it. I, I don't, I don't feel bad that way, you know? Um, so I don't want you to feel bad. I have a friend who's very much Mediter- the Mediterranean diet, which is a slight, it's, it's a bit of a lower carb, but it's more like um, slow carbs. He has a cheat meal every week. Some, I actually know it's like a cheat day. And that cheat day would do your sumo days of calories proud. Good, good. <laughs> but it's the one day and it yeah. works for him. And he's not sure whether it does a physiological change by throwing off, you know, he's very, very good on his diet for six days. And then here's this one day. And so that his body doesn't get into a pattern or if it's the psychological release where just like, you know, okay, I really want this, but it's only Tuesday. I just need to make it to Saturday. Yeah. And once I get to Saturday, I can have all the pancakes I want. He doesn't know why it works, but it works. Here, here's what I don't want. I mean, I don't know all your listeners, obviously, but I, you have listeners who have come from different, yeah, different uh, levels of starting. Like I, when, when I talk about like when I started my diet, you know, it was it was calorie deficit, and that's the biggest thing. I don't want you know, I don't want I don't want these people like listening to you like getting confused like. Oh no, if, if Bruce can't do it, like, what am I doing? Like, like diets are individual. That, yeah, that's yeah, the thing yeah. people like have to understand. Like there was one of the diets I was put on early on in, in this journey was, um, of Eric's lean ninja diet. Yeah. Yeah. Like this diet has worked for a lot of people. It has leaned down a lot of people. I literally couldn't function on it. Okay. And I did it long enough that there should have been some kind of switch over. Yeah. But I couldn't get through a workout at the gym. I'd come home and I'd sleep the entire day because I didn't have enough focus or energy or anything out of it. Okay. And I followed it strict. It didn't work for me. Keto and intermittent fasting is what works for me. But that works for me. The whole point of this, the show talking to everybody is whoever you are out there, your body is going to respond to different things. It doesn't matter what the diet is. You have to figure out whether it works for you and also adjust it because it may, it's probably not out of the box going to work for you exactly as you'd like. You've got to make your little tweaks to it. Everybody's body is different. So it's important that you find what works for you. And hopefully I can bring you tips and I can talk about things and, and give you pointers along the way. But yeah, if something I do doesn't work for you, that's because you're not me. So don't get them worried about your cheat meal, Bruce. You should embrace it. I'm worried about my treat meal. No, 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 don't. I'm embracing it. You should embrace it. I, I will. Em- what do, you, what, do you know the restaurant already? Having a clue. Okay. I, mean- I go into these things mostly like, <laughs> like a small child being led and like, we're going, okay, this is great. Oh, look, this is nice. Ooh, what's the menu say? It has I mean, creme brulee. Yeah. I mean, what if you go in there and there's a bunch of like ribeye steaks and you're like, ah, oh, give me three of those. And- I have so much red meat throughout my normal why in the world would i have a steak so what's your cheat you think you're gonna cheat on carbs or like of course pasta? okay okay like i don't know what it's going to be but if i'm going to have this off meal yeah me having a steak with a little bit of mashed potatoes that it's as you said why would you go out and have some chicken breast with some rice with this if there's a beef wellington on that menu you're gonna go for the beef wellington yes. because how often in your life do you get that? So if I'm going to have a steak, it's probably going to be a beef Wellington. If they have it, I have no idea, but it might be some pasta. I'm going to find something that I'm not going to have again until next year, be it a pasta dish or actually I've got to admit my mind just stops at pasta dishes. It's probably going to be a pasta dish. We figured it out. (laughs) We figured it out. I will have, ideally there'll be some kind of birthday cake for her, but who knows what they have available, but there'll be a birthday dessert for her. And I will partake of that as well. 
and it'll be a high calorie meal and it will not be a healthy meal, but it will be a very, very delicious meal or I will be personally wounded in my heart if it's not delicious. Or are you going to work out the next day? Because uh, um, have you ever done that after a cheat meal? You go to the gym. You're oh, like, yeah. Oh, I'm so much stronger after that cheat meal. You know, so I mean, you're still you're working it off, you know, because you- another thing that I've done is um, back when I was on program, when I knew that I was going to have a moment like this, Christmas is happening. Yes. Christmas is happening. And I am. And if there's something that I do really well, and you know this for a fact, I make incredibly delicious food. It is a crime that I have that I have to do keto with my ability to make the deliciosity that I make. So when Christmas rolls around, it's my caution bow ties, it's my kugels, it's my apple cake, it's these things. I am going like I I can make the apple cakes and I can bring them to the gym and I can give them to people and I can flee and I can not eat the apple cake. But if I'm making the caution bow ties, I'm, ma- I'm making the kugel. I, I don't want to go through that kind of effort just for you. Yeah. I don't like you enough. Yeah. I need to partake of that myself. So previously around the holidays, I would up my working out and I'd also include a couple few day fasts as a sort of counterbalance also to help like reset my. So I had this big insulin spike. I'm doing keto, but then I fast for a few days. And again, if you've not worked on fasting and if you've not, don't, don't just go like, oh, I'm going to do a fast. Definitely research your fasting. Get the idea of the mechanics to it and start really, really slow. I can fast now for weeks at a time if I want to, but I started with a one day fast and I spent that entire one day panicking. So if you're thinking fasts, Start low, start slow, start simple, build up your tolerance, make sure you're okay with it because some people aren't. Anyway, just. Don't even get me started. You're fasting because I saw you when you did that. Like we were all amazed. Like how is Bruce doing that? Like I can't get, I mean, I can do a, I can do a day if I need to, you know, but I don't want to. <laughs> I know. Look, man, I call myself the fittest fat kid, you know, but like. Dude, you're pretty damn fit for a fat kid. Um, but I'm a fat man. You're a fat. I like how you say that. I'm a fat man. <laughs> um, that's that's going to be really fun for the microphone. But but yeah, like I don't know. I mean, I can't do that now. I, if I were fasting starting now, and I tried to work out the way that I, the pathetic way that I'm working out right now, much less the way I did back then. Well, back then it was ridiculous. Right. But, but the thing that you didn't see me do back then as well, while I was doing that fast, I worked out my normal working out. And later on that day, I would walk for anywhere from 10 to 15 miles. And I did that on a two and a half week fast. See, that's where when it came to the obsession, mm. like it almost seems like almost too much to me, but, but again, everybody's doing their own thing and. And, yeah. and you, you looked healthy, you felt good, you were happy, and mm-hmm. you were still the cheerful, jovial Bruce that everybody loves. So I felt fine throughout all of that. Yeah, yeah. I, but again, when I t- just to talk to the theoretical listener, hi there, theoretical listener, I, I, really, I really hope you're enjoying this. I had done numerous small fasts to a couple, three-day fasts to my one-week fast. And I was able to work out through that one week fast, but I wasn't really pushing it. Then I decided to do the multi-week fast. And that was when I was walking like crazy. But yeah, I couldn't even come close to anything like that right now. I would, I would be suffering too much. That's why just right now I'm trying to adapt keto and getting close to what, how I could work out. Saturday felt, Saturday, Saturday felt good. I, I really pushed myself as far as I could go that day. And um, Scott said something that was neat. Cause when I was, he was like, how was it? I was like, Oh God, it was so hard. He was like, it's always been hard. It's never not been hard. Just, you know, you know, it's just a little bit different, different way of being hard this time, but it was not, it was never any easier, no matter how many times we did this. Yeah. So again, that goes back to mindset. I think. You're, you're holding yourself accountable for, 
with this podcast by letting people know, like, I'm, I'm getting back on it and I need to tell these people whether you fail or not, you know? The reason for this podcast is whatever was going on in my head up until six weeks ago when this became an idea, Yeah, I had no way of holding myself accountable and I had no way of restarting. I, I've, I was 280 pounds at 11 years old that I keep bringing that theme up. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm always going to be that 11-year-old because of the teasing, the abuse, the, the yeah. lack of, you know, the, the amount of, for an 11-year-old, self-hatred over the weight. Because, uh, like, every, that's how people treat you, certainly your peers at that age. So, losing the weight was a big thing for me because no matter what my positive qualities are, my self-image is directly tied to my weight. It doesn't matter my personality. It doesn't matter my skills, my ability, the way people react to me. The lens I see myself through is purely weight. And I hate that about myself. I wish I could change that, but I can't. Well, to be honest, it is everybody. You know, it's not just you. It is everybody. I think so. When I, when, even when I got up too heavy, you know, like what if, what if I wasn't a sumo wrestler? What if I didn't need that weight? And then I'm like, Oh man, like, I, like I said, I let myself go, you know, what if I didn't need that weight? I'm just a big fat guy, you know, because people see you that way. So I, I, yeah. I get it. Um, I, at least I had like, oh, I'm, you know, 12 time U.S. sumo champ. And, you know, there's a reason for me being this weight. But to be honest, there wasn't, I didn't need to be that weight. You know, I went from 385. I, I did a tournament in Milan at 385 pounds. I won it pretty easily. And then I went back the next year at 335 pounds, which is a 50 pound difference. And I won it just as easily. And I'm like, all right, well, that's a 50 pound difference. And so people, yeah, people are going to look at you differently. And if they, if people don't know I'm a sumo champ, they just assume I'm a big fat guy. So, um, I get you. I'm right there with you. But, 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 you know, I think you're motivating people with this podcast to say, Hey, yeah, you're holding yourself accountable, but you, you've done it before. You lost the weight before. You got it back. Now you're losing it again. I mean, it's it's just a thing, you know, that happens. It's just, it's, just, it's, a dis- it's just an effort and a distance in time. But you know how to do it, right? I know how to do it. I know how to do it for me, which is the important thing. And that's, yeah. that's really what I'm hoping to help other people with is yeah. them figuring out how to do it for themselves. Yeah. Uh, without selling them bullshit uh, or <laughs> yeah well I, like i said like get down to the, the the basics you can you can do keto or you can do like i did carnivore for a bit which i was just eating like four steaks a day or something yeah, like that that, re- that was a great i was like i was losing weight but you know what it was a lot of money <laughs> god yeah no i like of course my body decides that if it like what it responds to the most yeah is one of the most cost intensive ways yeah. of of living it's not cheap. It's like you can't do it cheaply. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, and the other thing about it is now with people, now companies are putting out all their keto products and they don't really help because when you're, when you're, when you're eating naturally, so you're eating steak, you're eating real food, you're eating like the less processed the ingredients are, the better. Now, I'm not one of those people who like actually gets hung up on GMOs or natural. Well, 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 getting back to it, when you said you eat food, and that's the thing. I eat food. Mm-hmm. We don't eat packaged stuff that's not food. Like snack foods, not food. It's not food. No. It's, but people think, oh, it, it's going to fill me up. And it, it may, but it's, not, it's garbage. It's not food, you know? So, well, you specifically, snack food is designed for you to keep going. There, there are, there's an army of scientists that work on that food to make sure that you don't put it down. Yeah, well, 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 that's yeah, one, that's one thing too. But like all of our snack food, all the sugars and all the salty and all the, this is like how we preserved food we couldn't get in the winter back in the day. Yes, and now we can have food all year round. They're like, oh, we'll just take these salty and sweet snacks, you know, and preserve jams and stuff like that. All these preserved foods, and we'll just make people eat them like snack wise. But all these preserved preserved foods were meant for for winter time when we didn't have food. So, but getting back to that, what I'm saying is your cheat meal that you're worried about, it's going to be real food. It's, 
you know, you're not going to cheat on, you know, a bag of chips and, and uh, a no. gallon of soda. We've talked a lot about my one meal at this restaurant. But I want to I circle back to the whole idea that, like, you're this dude who's a champion. You, 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 I assume at some point you encountered Sumo and something about it sparked you. Do you, do you have a recollection of how that happened? Well, to be honest, yeah, I, I, uh, I saw a documentary on uh, PBS called Sumo East and West. And they talked about, basically it was about the Hawaiians in the 90s. Uh, Kunishki, Musashimaro, Akebono, who were going into sumo. And, and then uh, and they showed pro sumo. And then they also showed, like, oh, there's actually international amateur sumo. And I'm like, what? I had no idea. And I found it so fascinating. And to be honest, I actually thought of an idea of a script that would include these characters. As opposed to me wanting to do it. Because like, I was still in that writing mindset. It's like, oh, that'd be a cool story. But then I'm like, well, I want to try it. <laughs> So I tried it. I wrestled back in high school, but uh, I don't know if you know much about uh, high school wrestling. It, if, if, you, if you don't pin the guy, it goes for six minutes. That's a long time for me to be doing this physical activity, like six minutes. Like I, I, I had the best pin percentage when I was in high school because I just wanted to get the match over with. Um, I didn't want to go that six minutes, but I found sumo. Like it's six seconds, you know. Um, so I found it out, and I, I, I saw these people doing it, and, and you know, LA area and I tried it and I was above average so so really I like fell in love with it right away like when you find something that you're you can do pretty easily and which is cool and it only lasts six seconds (laughs) I'm like oh I'm good right away plus chicks dig the uniform so (laughs) I mean it is you never you in no way shape or form mistake that uniform for any other uniform Definitely not. Maybe a little baby, but when you see the backside, yeah, that that's yeah, true. The, it's like, not going to capture any uh, any wetness. Yeah, that was it was great. Like back on Saturday, where me and Scott are like doing shoulder presses, and he's facing the window, and I could just watch him trying to be in his zone, but he he just kept drifting over and looking because on the other side of that glass there was you and Zach going at it. <laughs> Oh, Scott was okay. I thought you're like you're talking about me trying to be in the zone. Right? I know. No, I mean, um, there's a, there's a lot of flesh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Eric had a few new clients that day, and they're like, "Oh my god, what's going on here?" It actually is a great selling point for him because you don't get that anywhere else. It it creates this unique thing. It was sort of like I think X um, XMA, which is a um, it was a stunt training program. So when people would come in and they're all around the ring where these people pretending to fight and doing all this like fun stuff. It just, it's, you don't get that at every gym. Yeah. That's and it kind of makes it like a cool visual that you then get to watch. And it's always fascinating. So I don't think it freaks people out. I think it makes people very, very happy to be like, Oh dude, there's sumo going on. <laughs> yeah. Like where, where do you see that? So. Cause almost everybody um, will ask you a question about it. If yeah. they, if when Eric introduces you and they're like, Oh wow, this thing, I'm, uh, what is it? How do you do yeah. it? Yeah, and I'm free to answer honestly. You know, I don't got any qualms about, you know. How long did it take before you had your first championship? I started, uh, I think, 2005, and then I won in 2007. I, I lost the middleweight, uh, you know, U.S. championships. I lost the middleweight, but I won the openweight that same day, uh, which is oh, it was every weight class, so heavyweights and lightweights and middleweights together. So basically, that was the last. That was the last year I was uh, under three hundred because uh, I cut down to middleweight, and then I realized like you're not a middleweight, you're a heavyweight, you know. Um, so yeah, two thousand, like about two years, you know. I I fell in love with wood pretty quick, and and there was a point where I would go to anything I can go to and compete anywhere I could, you know. When you're when you're learning, you just you just taking in everything, you know. Experience. It's just. Nothing it, teaches you like experience. Oh yeah, experience really helps. So, um, yeah, I was pretty. Uh, I don't want to be cocky, you know. I, I did. I, I, I was relatively good when I started. I think my body with my leg, my legs and calves being so freaking big that it helps stabilize me. Uh, and I took it from there. And 
and I think my m- willingness to put on the weight to be a better athlete. And that's one thing a lot of people do. They, I had a couple middleweights who were like, oh man, what I get to this certain point, but what can I do to be better? Like put some weight on it. Like, I don't want to put weight on it. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> that's your choice, you know? Um, you know, and getting back to like, did I need to put this much weight on? No, but I'm comfortable where I am now. So, so Dan, where can people find you when they're not finding you here in my living room? Well, if, unless they want to come to the gym with me and Bruce and get a sumo workout and a boxing workout. And, uh, um, I'm on uh, Instagram, I think sumo Dan USA. Uh, I don't do too much posting, but maybe now that they have the, uh, North American champions coming up. I might be posing some more. You definitely should be. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I'm busy. I'm an old guy. I don't need to post stuff to make me look good, like pouty lips and uh. But yeah, oh, you would rock a serious duck face, man. Oh, definitely, definitely. You got the cheeks for it. Yeah, it's hard to fit me all in the one frame though. So (laughs) I need longer arms. Um, yeah, I'm on Instagram and and, uh, Twitter and you know the general social media. I think. Sumo Dan on Facebook. Um, if you have any questions about my diet, I'm you know, feel free to ask and I'll answer. Um, of course, you can find the fittest fat kid you know at all the socials at fittest fat kid. There still isn't a website, but there will be at one day fittestfatkid.com. If you have a question, concern, I have concerns, but if you have concerns, or if you want to share a specific problem you're having or anything that we can answer. Email us at hi there at fittestfatkid.com. If you're enjoying this podcast, please throw us a like and a subscribe and maybe leave us a comment. We'd really appreciate it. And no matter who you are, where you are, hold yourself accountable, but do it with kindness and understanding. I'll see you next week.